Well, hello and welcome to another lovely week here on Drop the Subject with Allie. And look who's back again. It's James Simmons, oh. nurse practitioner. Well, who let, who let that guy back into his house? It own home. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah. Who, who knows if our scan cards are going to work when we get back to the building? But we are still broadcasting from home. And what a weekend it was. It was Easter weekend. Jesus has resurrected. Of course, there were a lot of jokes going around on Twitter about Jesus being told he was violating quarantine orders by leaving that cave. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And if he were to resurrect right now, I feel like he'd probably just turn right back around and take another nap in that tomb because times are tough. Am I right? Uh, He's like, I'm I'm good. I'm going to go finish uh, Love is Blind. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if he did actually come back, like really come back... He'd be like, you guys, what did I tell you? (laughs) (laughs) What did I tell you? And here's my laundry list of things that you are not doing what I told you to do. Including your laundry. Including your laundry. Look, you've been locked in the house for a month and you still haven't done your laundry. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I feel like I would definitely watch a a, a Jesus show about uh, him schooling everybody in the 21st century. That would be a great show. I mean... Pretty much there's nothing I won't watch at this point. <laughs> I know. I think some people are going back through. Like we we had actually teed up Sister Act to watch yesterday. That was going to be our church for, for oh, Easter. Oh, that's a great Easter film to watch. Isn't that Definitely a great? a good pick. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I think it's a great film at any time to watch. Right. But like we we're like, all right, this will be the extent because we had about 17 and a half virtual Easter brunches to attend yesterday. And we were like, OK, we have to like space these out and pause and like not get too crazy with the brunches. But we're like, we'll at least do a little bit of Hail Holy Queen and whatever while we watched Whoopi and uh, Dame Maggie Smith on Sister Act. You didn't watch any Buccelli? Uh, we did. I live streamed a little bit of that. I saw. I saw a little bit of that. I also. My friend had it. In, it was actually really interesting. It was like an Easter mashup. He was like, "Watch this live stream," and it was literally like someone had taken the Saturday night Easter service things that a lot that Catholics do, and like mashed a bunch of them up into this really cool video. I should find the link. And that it, oh, it that's was great. All of these choirs. This was the most fascinating thing to me, Ali. I don't know if any of the listeners, you guys saw this too, but. They're they're still doing full on choirs, but they're doing it virtually. So everyone is at home with their little camera, all logged into the same Zoom or WebEx or whatever, and they're singing the same song, and it sounds fantastic. Well, and you get the weird, like robotic sound quality that comes with Zoom or WebEx. So it probably sounds slightly more haunting, but in kind of a cool way i bet yeah and it's like it's like the um oh what's a brady bunch it's like all the brady bunch photos yeah, but like yeah on, on, Zoom. on crack right because there's, there's this one choir had like no lie like 50 people so there's 50 tiny little like like whatever and everyone's <sighs> singing and you can tell the like soprano section the alto section like and there's like the director off in the corner like trying to direct through the video and they're making this work it was it was very impressive and those 50 people are all the least favorite in their apartment building. I know it. <laughs> right, because they've probably been practicing all week, too. <laughs> yeah, with the exception <laughs> of the composer. Well, my my weekend was hit, or, hit and miss. I told you that I was going to do a an at-home spa day and a virtual Easter egg hunt. At-home spa day... 
highly recommend. It was fantastic. We got nice. Yeah, we talked to each other about what we wanted to work on or what things on our face we wanted to get rid of. And then we did a little bit of research. And there's I mean, YouTube videos really are crucial at this point because you can learn to do anything. And um, so we we kind of we bought a couple of things, but we saved just we had a few things in our house that would kind of work as a facial we instead of an exfoliator we used coconut oil and sugar which worked as a great exfoliator that's awesome it was it was so nice to get a facial from somebody and not have to worry about tipping them Right, <laughs> right. Like, because the entire time you're getting a right a facial or a massage, you're like, uh, yeah, you're like, how long has it been? It's uh, okay. This was an hour. Uh, Do I feel like this was worth the money that I paid? Twenty uh-huh. percent uh, uh, tip. Like, is are that they going to work less on me because it was a Groupon? It's all of those things yes. are going through your mind. And with this, we were paying in love. It was lovely. <laughs> right? Did you ask Katie? Do you accept Groupon? <laughs> she's like oh stupid group honors ah, damn groupons fine one uh, time only please yeah but the the actual easter egg hunt yeah was a kind of an s show oh no was it well it was actually if anyone to anyone who turned into that live stream um uh-huh i apologize you really can't get that time back it was <laughs> It was long, and I know we've talked about what are the worst things to go virtual, you know, like bartending, improv classes, wine tasting, couple salsa dancing. A virtual Easter egg hunt, I would I would now put at the top of the list. Oh, it was that bad, huh? It was well, that bad. it was just hard to interact with people and have them help you where to find eggs in a home that they don't know. And then I ended up just inadvertently showing pieces, like every nook and cranny of my house that probably wasn't ready to show people. And I, <laughs> I also, I think we, we overcommitted on the amount of eggs. I mean, it was, it was 24 eggs that we had to find and it just ended up being a really long live stream. (laughs) And we also (laughs) hit them in really difficult places. So I was literally in the bathroom and we were doing split screen, like Instagram live, you know, like you and I did. Uh And I'm going, I don't know where she's going. It's in the bathroom. It's in the bathroom. And I'm looking up, I'm, I'm turned, uh, I'm raising the toilet seat and she's like, ooh, you're close. And I was like, I'm close. In the toilet? In the toilet? <laughs> so then one of our friends who's streaming it says, check the toilet tank. And I lift up the toilet tank and there is an egg sitting at the bottom of, of the, the toilet tank. And I, I pick it up and it's streaming out water. And I open it and she put... A freaking chocolate in there. She put the best chocolate we had, the Cadbury egg. In the toilet, in the egg, in the toilet tank. In the toilet egg, yes. Oh my God, no, we don't waste the chocolate that way. Also, like, this begs the question then, did you find all 24 or is there going to be some like random piece of chocolate like growing mold seven months from now? I mean, thank God we didn't use real eggs because I have to, I spent <laughs> the, the second half of it trying to find my own eggs because I'm such a stoner that I can't remember where I hid anything. <laughs> You're um, like, where, where did I put everything? Um, I love that. That yeah. is fantastic. So, uh, but you better believe because I am, because of the stoner I am, I, I definitely ate that Cadbury egg. Um, well, we have an exciting show planned for you. Uh, was this, was my Easter egg hunt the worst virtual thing to happen this weekend? I don't know. We'll find out about a senior dog Easter egg hunt after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
All right, drop the subject. An Easter weekend is behind us, and who knows what is ahead of us. Drop the subject with Allie and James Simmons. And uh, to anyone who tuned into my live stream of my Easter egg hunt, I apologize. I know you can't get that time back, but (laughs) maybe... I can make up for it right now by telling you about something else that uh, was probably more entertaining than my Easter egg hunt. This happened in, I believe, Kansas this Kansas. past weekend. Uh-huh. And the weather tell certainly me if this did is not something that you volunteers. would be interested in, James, because I know you're a fan of the doggos. Yes, uh, but of course. And are you a fan of the term doggos? No. Okay. Same. <laughs> well, no, I am. Um, uh, I don't. No, I don't like the term. I also my dog in particular, and I feel like everyone's dog I come in contact with has about seventeen different names. So yeah. I, yeah. I get it. You know, like it's I, I get doggos. It's fine. It doesn't. It doesn't offend me since I can't seem to even call my dog by his own name. Yeah, I haven't called my cat by her name in a very long time. The only time I use her name is when I'm speaking to another human being who doesn't live here. <laughs> right. But other than that, it and it gets shorter, like the name gets weirder and weirder and like our spinoffs of the previous name. And uh-huh. then it just becomes like if you were really to reveal that name to a, another human being that you respect. I don't know what they would necessarily <laughs> they would think, think of you, right? Yeah, what I, they would think of you. I actually think my dog's name right now can only be understood in Klingon. Like, I just am like, because <laughs> it's morphed so many times. I'm like, yeah, I that's right. my I think my the name for my cat also goes up an octave every time I speak to her. And <laughs> totally. I think I'm at like a frequency that only dogs can hear at this point. Totally. But um, I do love I love the puppy bowl, which is kind of where I think we're going with this. Right. This is like similar to the puppy bowl. Those of you who don't know, by the way, if you don't like the Super Bowl, if you don't like football, you can always go over to animal planet and you can watch little puppies play around the whole time it's so cute so this is sort of like the puppy bowl if the puppy bowl was a lot more geriatric take a listen (laughs) the weather certainly did not help but volunteers at the always and forever farm in spring hill still held an easter egg hunt for their senior dogs they're also introducing a new program kmbc 9's ellen shope explains hey ellen shope Explain this, please. We, we need some. And then on the uh, scroll on the bottom, on the ABC News scroll, it says always and forever Easter. Cute. Of course. <laughs> uh, all right. Peanut butter and spray cheese. And hot dogs. We snuck hot dogs in, too. Yep, the kind of Easter eggs dogs love to hunt. Why didn't I think of this when I did my Easter egg hunt? Peanut right. butter and spray cheese. Then you, it would not have taken so long because you would have been like, oh, I got to go get this. Although, is that a good combo? I would imagine so. I mean, they're, they're both, they're delicious individually. I, mm, I'm not so, well, maybe. Well, let's see what the dogs <laughs> thought of them. <laughs> Hunt for. It's not the traditional Easter for a lot of people. It's all about dodging raindrops and a little Easter egg hunting fun at the always and forever Older Dog Sanctuary in Spring Hill. The- okay, so I'm going to paint the picture for you because I know you can't see this, but there are a bunch of really old dogs that are kind of flailing about. None of them can really <laughs> see what's going on. But then they're cracking open these plastic Easter eggs and eating the contents, which are like like we said before, spray cheese and peanut butter. Now there are shards of plastic on the ground because they are cracking these things open with their teeth. Is this a safe way? 
Right. Also, to conduct how, a geriatric Easter egg hunt. Yeah, they're gonna. I mean, I think about aspiration. They're gonna like choke on these things. Also, lots of geriatric dogs don't have teeth. So could so we have made this a little, a little easier? <laughs> COVID-19 impact has their volunteers down to just a skeleton crew. That's why they're starting something new. We're rolling out a new program to um, take a doggo on a date. The goal, get as many volunteers to drive up from a social distance. We'll walk the dog out to them on a six-foot leash. They'll probably jump right into your car. And off you go for an hour one-on-one doggo date. Okay, so let's break this down now. The skeleton crew, (laughs) these are the people who are still willing to come into the office, right? So these are the people with the wackadoo ideas who are like, why don't we do a senior dog Easter egg hunt? No one's here to stop us. (laughs) And then let's also do do dog dates with people. I also love how they roped the uh, the reporter who was very reporterish with this story. He was like, hey, he probably was so freaking thankful to report on something not specifically COVID-19 related or like people dying, right? He was like, yes, yes, I'll go do the yeah. senior dog story. Like, <laughs> just please, care. God. And he was so into it too. He's like, you can go on a date with the doggos. Like even he was <laughs> using doggos. I sort of love that. I think it's a little bit of a reflection of how we're all going to be once we're finally like let out of quarantine. We're yes. going to be like, oh my God, Buck this wild. is the greatest target ever. <laughs> The shelter says the doggy date is just a good way to get out and have a little contact with something else. Dogs get to run around the yard with you, and it's just a great way to enjoy nature and stay healthy and safe. Is there peanut butter in there? Okay. Well, that's very exciting. I I think you're right. This guy that's reporting on this has never had, he hasn't had a a great day in a while, and (laughs) he... And he's also not wearing a suit. He's wearing like a hoodie because he's also just given up on on actually getting fully dressed like the rest of us. But it's like, I can't. I think that we all needed this even. And I still think watching these dogs nose around and gum these uh, Easter eggs is still probably more exciting. It's, it's, it's very needed. It's very happy. And it's probably still more interesting than my virtual Easter egg that I had on Instagram over the weekend. Um, well, there you have it. You can do a doggo date. Would you do a doggo date? Yes. I, and we've yeah. talked about yeah, doing doggos and maybe adopting another doggo during quarantine because, you know, that would not be crazy. Yeah. I think I might do speed dogging. All right. Go. We're going to talk about <laughs> Jesus. And was Jesus queer? There is one theologian that thinks so. So we'll talk about that when we oh, get back on Drop the Subject. <laughs> Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Well, let's drop the subject. Hello, Allie and James Simmons, nurse practitioner. And if you have any lingering questions, COVID or not, anything medical related, you can always at ask the NP. My wife already had a question about gout because that's what oh. she thinks she has now. Um, oh. So uh, oh, no. we'll, yeah, if we could do like a video appointment with you later, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a For free? Dis- discounted rates during uh, COVID-19. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think my insurance by the way is doing anything discounted as a result of all the video appointments i'm having instead of in-person ones i was like (laughs) like, i don't think they've mentioned anything about my copay being less i'm pretty sure it's all full price but Uh hey i'm happy to i'm happy to give it okay let's uh let's talk about this now because it's a very it's a it's a very uh sensitive topic okay But I think it's worth chatting about, especially here on Channel Q. There have been several theories by theologians and other people 
about the sexuality of Jesus Christ. And um, there was talk of possibly Jesus being, as we like to say, Channel Q. (laughs) Jesus is so Channel Q. Well, I think the interesting part here is that there's so... So many individuals, Christians or others who believe, you know, because other religions believe that Jesus Christ was an influential and and sort of special individual, but that he may not have necessarily been the son of God. And then, you know, sort of oh, like he was just like a cool dude. He, he was did like a, lot a, of great, great, stuff. a yeah. great dude. Yeah. Like he comes up in other texts in the Quran and whatever, but like he wasn't like the dude. But so many different Christians don't believe that Jesus was sexual at all. Like that, to talk about that is blasphemous. Well, yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, when you look at the the life of Jesus, I mean, according to the Bible, it seemed like he was rather asexual. Yeah, but then yes. there are some there are some points that like he didn't realize that he was the Messiah until he was like thirty, and there's question of why he was just kind of chilling in celibacy for that long because it wasn't common in the Jewish lifestyle to be celibate up until you were 30 years old. Usually you would have been married and 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 procreating by that point. So if you are not procreating and married, it was there were reasons like potential reasons why that would be. Uh, maybe there weren't any hot ladies around in the village maybe it was uh part of your vocation which means like yes if you're a priest or if you're a rabbi or no if you're a rabbi you could get married but Mm -hmm. maybe there was something different that you were partaking in that would require your celibacy or because you were channel q because you were channel Q. Well, there's, you know, there are some really interesting theories. There's this whole like queer theology about whether or not, you know, the sexuality of Jesus, period. And then whether or not Jesus was queer, meaning not heteronormative, even for the time. So having much more like feminizing qualities, allowing himself to associate with with uh, women and, and in spaces that were traditionally very female and Jesus being comfortable in those. Like, I think there's that whole queer th- sort of ideology as well. But if you think about how the Bible and, and, and most people, People will attest to this that this it's translation upon translation upon translation upon translation for thousands of years, and the people who are in charge are the ones who write the Bible. So when you have religious institutions who are frown frown upon sex in general, they may just happen to leave out the sexual parts or the parts. For instance, you know, like here, this is a a, a quote from a, a minister who did a whole sermon on a Good Friday sermon that apparently went viral several years ago about Jesus being gay. You know. He was saying Jesus's last words when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near. He said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he just said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. This was right before Jesus died. So that's why it was a good Friday sermon. And that disciple was John, whom Jesus, the gospel affirms, loved in a special way. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So he basically... I mean, if if they were having some kind of a sermon, he him bringing John there would be kind of a big deal. Well, and yeah, if this was sort of like, hey, I know I'm about to die. You're yeah. the one I've loved in a special way for a long time. And this is your mother-in-law. I need you to take care of her because they're about to kill me. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> Essentially, like that's that's pretty deep, and and there are so many references for those of you who have read the Bible a lot out there. There are so many references that just casually say, you know, Jesus was with John, the one he loved in a special way, or the one he favored. Mm-hmm. I, like, mm. and he never wore pants. <laughs> he was really into like hot, like above the knee skirts. Yeah. And, you know, I think that if he was Channel Q, he would be qualified as a fox yeah. or an oh. otter. And uh, Yes, definitely. Oh, an maybe otter. an otter because a fox is older, right? Yeah. So otter. Yeah. yeah. The, the long hair, the, the beard, the, the thin build. Yeah. Well, I think that what we do know is that Jesus was not about heteronormativity. He was breaking the mold. He was hanging out with the undesirables. He was, at the very least, a big, big ally. So, uh, welcome, Jesus Christ, now that you've risen to the Channel Q fam. Whether you are a member or an ally, we welcome you, and I know that you welcome us, too. And uh, there you have it. So, I don't know, really, what if, if we've learned anything, but I think it's always interesting to talk about. Uh, when we come back, people were celebrating Easter in very creative ways. If they couldn't see each other in person, they were uh, backing up cars next to each other. They were celebrating via live stream. So we'll chat about some of the people uh, celebrating Easter and how they did so in a very creative way when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. It is the Monday after Easter. A very odd Easter for a lot of people. And as we sort of wrap up our Easter weekend recap, we sort of transition into how this weekend might have been, um, uh, I don't know, I was going to say mirror, but that's not the right word. How it might have been a sort of tease as to how much of our lives may be going forward for the foreseeable future in terms of people were doing Easter services in just about any way they can. And some of these were really creative, including drive-in theaters Offering hey, you know, any time, yeah, that you can bring back drive-ins. I think drive-ins were something that never should have been on the decline ever. I love drive-in movie theaters. So if they're going to utilize those for something like this, I'm all for that. Yeah, absolutely. And even, and I should, we would be remiss to not mention that it's Passover. Like there's Passover services going on, um, Easter services, live streaming. There's, uh, indiv- you know, some individuals were going to their physical locations. So their, their churches or their places of worship and then live streaming these with these choirs, like we talked about before, which are so phenomenal, all via Zoom, via WebEx, via the live stream app which is doing gangbusters these days because of these things. But uh, not everyone was playing by the rules either. There were some individuals and some places that were actually going to their physical churches and, and worshiping in person, even at the risk of, of being punished criminally. Yeah, and you know what? I think Jesus of course would want us to gather and want us to celebrate and all that. But I also don't think he'd want us to spread disease. Yeah. (laughs) So I I, I don't know. I'm just guessing here. I don't want to put words in Jesus's mouth, but I think that he would probably want us to stay safe and find other ways to connect with one another. But, you know, people get, uh, you know, uh, they, they, once they've decided that that's what they must do, they're like, nope, that's it. That's the word of God. That's what I've done every single year. And if I don't do that, then I'm going to hell. Yeah. And it's, and I think that's that 
it sort of sit that sentiment sort of sits very deeply with a lot of people. And, um, you know, I, I try not to be like judgmental about it. I, I mean, people are, you know, this is part of what it makes America great, right? Is that you're allowed to thank what you want to thank and believe what gather. you want to believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, we are in, this word gets thrown a lot. We're in a, in unprecedented times and we have to act as such. And we, we cannot continue to act in the same way. And if we all decide to do the right thing and physically distance for a while, we can really mitigate what's going on. And we're starting to see that in different numbers in different places. And we're going to talk about that later in the show about sort of where we are in the COVID-19 world right now. But I, I don't think that this... Like you said, Jesus would would say, oh, well, it's Easter. Just kidding. I'm going to like bless this church and make sure no one in this church gets any sort of disease. Right. You know, that's that's not how that works. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I'm sure people will reason and say, well, you know, he'll make sure that nothing happens to me. Um, But it's also kind of weird timing. Right. Because I kept reading yes last week about how this was the most important week ever to stay inside. And it's on a holiday weekend. And it's funny to see there were people I know who were very, very good about quarantining and staying in and not going anywhere and then it was like but it's easter and the but it's insert thing here is not really working right because you need to commit you need to be all in or you need or not you know what i mean you can't just pick and choose and be like well it's easter so now i gotta go over to my grandma's house and see her and have dinner with her because it's easter yeah that's like that's yes i get it that makes sense and i know grandma wants to see you and cook for you on easter which we'll get to later in the monday munch report but just to say it's easter so i have to is kind of going against everything that the cdc has been telling us for months now and, and honestly, I, I understand, again, I grew up a pastor's kid. I totally understand the impact and the, the, the value and the, the, the meaning behind this particular holiday for people who, who, uh, are Christians it's a biggie. And, 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 you know, Jews celebrating Passover and I get, I get all of this, but the fact of the matter is that that Sunday is not different than any, the day before in terms of keeping you and your family and your community your, even your religious community safe. And it, it, it really sort of angers me that we use this as an excuse. We all want an excuse to get out right now, but Easter was not the time to make that excuse. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, I, I hope that everyone did stay safe this weekend. Even if you waved at your relatives from one car to another, uh, we are waving to you virtually as well. And we are here with you. And you can interact with us by uh, calling the daddy line. Hmm. Jesse has his phone number. He's willingly given it to all of you to interact with. 323-86-DADDIES. So if you want to share your thoughts, maybe what you did over the weekend or any advice or things you'd like to share at all, you can text or you can leave a voicemail at 32386-DADDY. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, it is Monday and you know what that means. It is time for us to chat about what we ate, what other people are eating, what they're not eating, what they're hoarding. Uh, this is Allie and James Simmons. This is Drop the Subject and this is the Monday Monday Report. Yum, 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 yum. Mm, that sounds good. I'll have 
event. Yas, 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 yas. What are you doing? I'm blotting the grease. It's the best part. Let me see that. How many times a week would you say that you order food, James? And don't just say you're doing it because you want points in the quarantine scavenger hunt. <laughs> I was going to say, because I've only been ordering from local businesses, so I get those <laughs> points every day. Uh, you know, So pre, pre-pandemic or intra? Pre, uh, no, it's in, in pandemic. Intra-pandemic? Uh, oh, at least four times a week. Okay, that is a fair amount i feel uh i'm only doing that's probably why you're winning the damn scavenger hunt i'm doing it probably once a week really Uh, you guys are being so well so we do have both ways we're thinking that we're supporting local businesses like we have our restaurants that we want to keep open also we are two large men who are mm -hmm. trying to work out a lot from home and that's three meals a day so multiply that by seven like at least three meals a day plus snacks multiply that by seven like we are not trying to cook 21 times a week like so i feel like literally if i'm still cooking math 17 times a week that's still pretty good if i'm order only ordering out for four times you know what i mean and we usually get like extra like we'll order a whole bunch of food so we have leftovers yeah that's kind of what we do too it's like okay if we're going we're going big and we're going to have enough for the day after um what what are you what type of food are you ordering the most and then we'll get into this list because there a, a lot of people are ordering food right now uber eats has released the Foods that people are ordering the most according to each state. But what 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 are what's your go to? Is it Mexican? Is it Italian? Mm. What do you what do you go? Are you all over the map? We're 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 more of a Mediterranean go to. We're more oh. of a like a like a, a big shawarma. Yeah, well, like a yeah, like a big Greek salad and chicken kebabs that happens around here quite a bit. There's also uh, one Chinese place which I think is the best like corner strip mall Chinese that I've had in LA and they're fantastic. And we've, we've really gotten to know them because we order so much. Well, uh, and that's we've been, a good feeling. It is a good feeling. We've been in the neighborhood for this particular neighborhood for four or five years. So like we literally just pick up the phone and we're like, Hey, and they're like, all right, we'll see you in 20 minutes. Like, cause we get the same thing every time. Yeah. So they're just like, okay, cool. How, how are you guys? You know, whatever. So we've been ordering from them because we want to help keep them open, too. Well, and it's nice to have that rapport with a certain restaurant, right? The yeah. only thing is I would be careful when it gets... There's this, there's a line that eventually gets crossed. My father crossed it with a, a place that we would always go to for Japanese food. We would go probably two to three times a week. And we, we, we eventually knew all the staff, and the staff would come over and be super nice to us and have these, we would have these conversations with the owner and it was this wonderful we just felt like we were part of something uh-huh. and then one day it just kind of crossed over into this well I just want to eat something and kind of eat quick and leave and the guy would stay longer oh. and longer and longer uh-huh. and it became this thing where you're like okay well I want to I want sushi but I don't really want to go to that place because I don't want to have like an hour-long conversation with <laughs> right. this guy right. and then I felt we felt responsible if we didn't go enough they'd be like where where were you where, where, have, where you have you been, been? yeah yeah so then one day he just quit cold turkey. We've never gone back. I don't know what happened Whoa. to that restaurant. I feel like if it closed down, we were responsible. It's 100% your fault if that restaurant closed down. <laughs> just it. just so you know, I want you got I want you to live with that. 
Oh, I will. I'll yeah. sit with it. Yeah, yeah, you take that. So, um, okay, so you guys are once a week people. We're like four times a week people. We definitely want to know from you listeners, by the way, how often you're ordering out and what you're eating because it is the Monday Munch Report. Uh, so always we want to hear from you. Uh, you can call or text Jesse eight. Uh, 32386-DADDY, or of course, get it at us at DTS Show Online. But what I think is so interesting is what, according to Uber Eats, people across the country have been ordering during quarantine this last month. I think nationwide... It's got to be pizza. It's got to be something really predictable like that. Well, so you would think it would be pizza, except this is the the most popular takeout dishes, according to we're, we're stealing from this article at travelandleisure.com, because this is what you do at Travel and Leisure. Now no one's traveling or being leisurely. So you write, you put up articles about what is Uber Eats delivering to folks. And um, we are in California. So, mm-hmm. Allie, give me, mm-hmm. give me your, like, so no, it's not pizza, I'll tell you that much. But what, okay, what's okay, your, like, tacos. It's tacos. Tacos, no. Okay. Chicken, tikka it's... masala. What? So when <laughs> I'm, even when I'm with friends, I've never heard anybody suggest chicken tikka masala. No, right. I would, I, I've made it, I've tried to make it before, I've had it in dining in, but I've never ordered it. No, yeah, it's uh, I've never. Well, we've ordered it from before too, but not. It's not like our number one go to. How about um, our friends in Iowa, Alley? Just you know, middle of the state. Uh, it's a corn wheat state. Okay. You know. Um, yeah. All right, because it's corn and wheat, I'm gonna go completely keto. Because <laughs> I'm thinking people they could they have corn and wheat in their homes. Uh-huh. They can buy it easily. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go like. Korean barbecue. Oh, very okay, very good. You are you're sort of like directionally correct a little bit in that it's not something traditional that you would think of Iowans ordering. It is a poke bowl. Oh man. <laughs> How very crazy is that? I How love it. How is the pokey in Iowa? Like are they eating really crappy pokey and they're like, this is great? <laughs> I mean, sushi travels well, you know, it gets flown in every Does 10 it? hours or so. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Uh-huh. Um, okay, there are two states that have this same food. And I, I want to see if you can guess. So I'm going to give you the two states and you got to guess the food. Minnesota. Oh, is it really? No, it's Missouri. Sorry. Missouri and Wisconsin have the same number one food that is ordered by most by their residents during the month of March during COVID-19 quarantine lockdown. Okay. Allie, what All right. Do you think? All right. Well, Wisconsin's still cold right now. So I'm going to go. And I think Wisconsin people, even though they get cheese very regularly, they love their cheese. So I'm going to go with a broccoli cheese soup. Final answer. For, and for I'm just going to tag. Yeah, for both. For both. Broccoli cheese soup is <gasps> incorrect. It is. Yeah, I figured. Uh, <laughs> but that was a very good guess. Broccoli cheese soup is amazing. Uh, it's the greatest food of all time. Crab Rangoon. <laughs> Everyone knows the greatest food of all time is crab rangoon. Um, clearly, you don't know. I mean, all right, we might have to have more crab rangoon discussion. We do have more Monday Munch Report coming up later in the show. I'm going to school Allie on why crab rangoon is the greatest food ever. Uh, but next, we have um, our update on COVID 19, and Allie's going to play again, like we do every show. News it or lose it. We'll be right back. 
drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Uh, welcome back. Making our way through hour number two of Drop the Subject. And uh, it's also, this is the time when the neighbor next door's baby needs to go down for a nap. <laughs> yeah, that's just about that time. Okay, so if you can hear that, then you are right there with me. Oh. Now, yeah, he's very sweet and also very fussy at this time of day. Um, and all of us are getting fussy, let's face it. I mean, we've been quarantined, we're acting like children. I don't know about you, but I feel very happy and excited one moment, and then the next I'm crying and having a tantrum because I want to go outside and play. And <laughs> that's just kind of where we're at. We're reduced to these basic human emotions. And, you know, it has us all thinking about how we're going to come out of this. When will things, quote, reopen, which I feel like is a weird word to use because I don't think it's just going to be, hey, everything's open again. Everyone go out and, you know, buy plane tickets and go out to eat. I mean, it's going to be a very slow uh, emerging yeah, from no, our home. No light, no light switch. Our Dr. Fauci said it several times already. But it, yeah. in terms of economically and and getting the country quote open again, no, this will not be a light switch. Everybody, get that out of your brains right now. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to chat about you know the economic ramifications depending on the country that you're living in. I mean, Italy is a place that was already n- not doing so well. On, from an economic standpoint, and Pope Francis gave his little speechy like he does every Easter, and he did it, uh, I believe, via live stream. Millions of people watched it, and he made a very interesting comment about the economy, a suggestion that got a retweet from our buddy Andrew Yang. Oh, and Pope, very good. Pro, yeah, Pope Francis said, "Quote: This may be the time to consider a universal." basic wage so really interesting words game-changing words as andrew yang calls them from uh the pope and he says i know that you've been excluded from the benefits of globalization the ills that afflict everyone hit you twice as hard street vendors recyclers carnies i can't believe the pope mentions carnies Says the word carnies. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Small farmers, construction workers, dressmakers, uh, the different kinds of caregivers. You are uh, you who are informal working on your own or in the grassroots economy. You have no steady income to get you through this hard time and the lockdowns are becoming unbearable. Then he goes on to say that our civilization is so competitive and so individualistic with its frenetic rhythms of production and consumption, its extravagant luxuries, its disproportionate profits for just a few needs to downshift, take stock and renew itself. And the way he thinks that we can do that is by a universal wage. Very interesting words from our popey. It, it, they are very interesting words, and they they do have some historical precedent. Um, interestingly, that Argentinian Ho, um, Jorge Bergoglio is the yeah, first. Yeah, I'm sure you said that right. Uh, sure, yeah, totally butchered that. The first pontiff. I think that's what I ordered this weekend. <laughs> right, it is Monday Munch Report. What did you order for dinner, Bergoglio? Uh, you know, even as far back as 1891, uh, dis- uh, discussing how the Gilded Age's widening, widening economic inequality called for, even at that time, maybe a basic universal wage. And this is, you know, this does bring up the discussion about how the United States, which now far and away has the most COVID-19 cases, and therefore 
may see some of the largest impact, economic impact globally, seems to be doing the least in terms of economic stimulus packages, where our neighbors to the north, Canada, are giving for four months, every person $2,000 a month for four, non- for four months. The UK um, has proposed, and I believe they're starting to initiate 80% of individuals' salary paid by the government for at least four months. So other sort of G8 nations, if you will, are really putting in quite significantly more stimulus packages than our one-time $1,200 to those who've made $75,000 or less. Yeah, and even though you're absolutely right, and those people that are even supposed to receive that money have not yet, or there are a lot of loopholes and red tape that you have to jump through. Like I think they just changed, maybe last week or the week before, the fact that you had to... uh, file a a tax return in order to receive your stimulus check because a lot of people who live on social security they don't file tax returns and those people were not eligible to receive that money but if you're an old person you're living on social security that's not a hefty check to begin with so you need anything extra that you can possibly get right and for those individuals who are listening or may have a loved one who doesn't have to file taxes you can still now receive that economic impact payment that $1,200 with, but there's some hoops you got to jump through for sure. So this is actually anyone who didn't file, have to file taxes in 2018 or 19. Um, There is a website that you can go to that you can fill, you know, fill out some information. Consumerfinance.gov will lead you to that direction. Um, They're they're trying, I will say this in these unprecedented times, apparently I like that word today, that our government is moving with rapid speed. You know, that came out, okay, if you didn't file taxes, you're not going to get this economic stimulus. And then here we are just, you know, a few days later and they're like, all right, fine, you can do this. You don't have to file here's a website to go to yeah i mean it seems like them doing anything fast is not normal because it usually takes them forever to do anything if anything but then when they do do something quickly like this you're like but what about this but what about this but what about this and it's like oh yeah they didn't go through all the details so but i understand that they kind of needed to pass something really quickly it's just It's so too little too late for a lot of people. And I mean, people are going to get these $1,200 checks eventually and be like, cool, thanks. Um, Still couldn't pay my rent this month. That's just kind of how it goes. So it will be three months prior or yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, we will see how this affects all of us economically. I mean, especially in this country, it doesn't seem like we're really handling it all that well. But hey, you know what? (laughs) There are other people who are just like, F it, drain the swamp. Everything's going great. Um, All right. uh, News it or lose it is on deck. Let's get to the lighter stuff. All right. That when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. All right, drop the subject on your Monday after Easter. Thank you for tagging along with us today. We really appreciate it. It is now that time of the show where Allie gives me three headlines and I decide whether or not we're crazy enough to talk about them. It is time for News It or Lose It. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Are you ready, Allie Johnson? I'm ready. All right, here's your first headline, James Simmons. Easter Bunny becomes only passenger on Lufthansa flight. (laughs) 
Ding. Bad. Right. I, my, my dinger is bad. I, I tried to switch dingers. It's not working so great today. Sorry. Uh, and that's a literal dinger, okay? Yeah. It's not a figure of speech. Uh, headline number two. Here's how you can gay up your next Zoom meeting. Oh, yeah. We want to gang that gay that, that up for sure. All right. And then finally, headline number three. We can't save the rainforest without rainforest animal poop. Um, I feel like we've been a little down this show. <laughs> it's, been, it's definitely been like a so kind talking of a, about a dying rainforest. Maybe a dying, you want right. to go in a different direction? Is that what you're I saying? I just I let's talk about the rainforest maybe later in the week. How okay, about that? Great, right. great. When we all get a little happier, we'll go right. ahead and bring it right yeah, back in, down to earth. In 2027, yeah, when we all come out of this funk. All right, let's talk about the Easter Bunny and how it was the only passenger on a flight from uh, to pick up stranded Germans in New Zealand. So uh, despite the rest of us being stuck at home, Easter Bunny working very hard to bring joy to all the peeps around the world. And one Easter Bunny named Jakinda... That means uh, it, f- that meant flying across the world to bring some stranded travelers back home. This is a nice sure. feel-good bunny story. Yeah. Uh, good thing there were not two bunnies, so there would probably be a thousand by the time the flight finished. Saturday, this was over the weekend, the crew of Lufthansa Flight 9918 flew from Germany to New Zealand as one of the number of uh, repatriation flights to bring back more than 10,000 German tourists that have been stuck in New Zealand because of COVID. After hearing that New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern deemed the Easter Bunny an essential worker. Nice. A member of the flight crew decided to do her part and bring the Easter Bunny along with her as the flight's only passenger. And uh, they posted a little picture of the bunny, which is now named Jakinda, in the cockpit. I mean, access to the cockpit. You get great VIP service when you're the Easter Bunny. Had a Seriously. little hat, had some wings. I mean, this is a this is a first class experience. That is really fantastic. I'm kind of like loving the fact that like the Easter Bunny's getting all this love in the middle of COVID nineteen and saving all the Germans stuck in Kiwiland. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, it seems like it's good that the the Easter Bunny was the only passenger. Otherwise, I'd be like, you guys, I'm supposed to be home. I had enough right. people I had to visit. This is crazy. <laughs> like you guys. You guys, I need to stay home. Okay, headline number two. Here's how you can be out and proud during your next Zoom meeting. Zoom meetings are, of course, very, very frequent these days. And the backgrounds that are attached to them are something that are getting people, uh, you know, kind of excited and fired up. Hey, what kind of cool backgrounds can I put in the back of my Zoom? Um, I had a Zoom uh, hangout this weekend where somebody had Idris Elba from Cats in the background the entire time. Stop it. No. How do they do that? I don't know. There was another friend of mine who had one of those Sims gems above her head the entire time and she didn't even know like she couldn't get it off she was like i don't know i downloaded sims and now everyone knows it it's like <laughs> it's like that boss who couldn't get herself from being a potato on that yes. work zoom that we talked about yeah it, but the human's right campaign the human rights campaign has put out a collection of lgbtq themed zoom backgrounds to help queer up your zoom oh. okay yeah the backgrounds feature a rainbow a bisexual and a transgender flag as well well as one covered with multiple HRC logos. Another one shows the version of the rainbow flag that includes extra brown and black stripes. That's the more inclusive version of the of the um, of the flag. Uh-huh, so sure. uh, you can download these if you just go to HRC's. If you go to the Human Rights Campaign Twitter, uh, 
you can uh, they have the link there where you can download some of the backgrounds and if you want to really gay up your next meeting this is something you can do yeah, I'm sort of loving this. Like people are going to start going just crazy enough to be at their very dry work virtual meetings. And they're just going to start putting like, you know, the bare leather pride flag in the background. I'm all for it. Yeah. Oh, you got yeah, you got to get real specific. Maybe yeah. I'll do kind of a butchy. Th- I mean, I'll just do flannel in the background as a flag. That'll be nice. That'll be um, that'll be super nice. Listen, coming up, we are going to talk about other super nice things, by the way. Uh, Ali, I think I'm going to poke on you about what is the most embarrassing thing you've watched so far in quarantine? Oh, okay. because I, I may have done that this weekend and have. I have to admit this and also talk about its, you know, political ramifications of watching this this pretty embarrassing movie. Mm, we come yep. out of the TV show closet next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Ah, yes. What is the most embarrassing thing that you are watching right now? It's time to come out of the TV show closet because we're an experts when it comes to coming out of closets, right? Drop the subject on the new Channel Q with Allie and James Simmons. Quickly wanted to read some of the recent tweets on our uh, Twitter at DTS show uh, before we come out officially of the TV show closet. That pessimistic guy on Twitter uh, wanted to, uh, had some more suggestions for movies for Jesse to watch. Uh, oh. said, Nice. Yes. Ah, Useless Weirdo Rebooted. Let's start with all of the Medea movies. And <laughs> next we'll go t- with anything that has subtitles that was a film fe- that was at a film festival. Uh-huh. And then we will round it off with Ghostbusters, not the classic 1984 comedic genius of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, but the 2016 train wreck that shares its namesake. Well, hey, I actually never saw the Ghostbusters remake, but... I, I, I venture away from bashing that movie, um, but I will. I, I am on board with the first two, which is all of the Medea movies and anything with subtitles. And then Ed O'Connor also had a suggestion for Howard the Duck, just making Jesse watch Howard the Duck. Whoa, I completely forgot about Howard the Duck. <laughs> that would be okay for Jesse to have to sum that movie up in 30 seconds. I mean, I I feel like some of these are worth a re- rewatch on our part. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to rewatch Howard the Duck because I, yeah, wow. But what are you rewatching or watching now that you would like to, you know, in this sort of safe space that we've created here on Drop the Subject? We try not to judge you too much for what you've been watching, but you uh-huh. know, there are some things that are coming up on your queue and your, hey, here's what you might like. The, that section's getting a little weird now that you're watching things that you didn't really think you'd be watching before. I watched uh-huh. something embarrassing recently um, and there's some stuff that comes up and it's like some weird-ass movie and it got like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes and then you're like, I shouldn't. Nah, why not? Uh, I'm going to do it. And then you end up loving it, right? Sort of like um, the movie we watched yesterday. So not only, you know, we had Sister Act and it was Easter and brunches and lovely. And then we decided to cap off the evening with Terminator Dark Fate. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a feel good movie on Easter. So listen, I do. I, for some reason, my husband and I do this. We just fall into this trap of like watching these movies like this. So that one was bad enough although it was really good and Linda Hamilton comes back and she's totally like a bad arse mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. it's and great when was that one made was that the one that, that was, was the most recent one where Arnold Schwarzenegger is like 80 years old 
Yes, okay. yes. And he was he was great. It was really good. But that, that wasn't the embarrassing movie this weekend, Allie. <laughs> oh, it gets more embarrassing. <laughs> oh, but does it ever. Do tell. So we watched, this is very, very much my husband, sugary, sweet, bubblegum, pop, like makes your tooth hurt. That's what he likes. We watched Trolls World Tour. Oh, no. James, oh, and I know that you paid money for it, which is even uh-huh. rougher. That which, That's something that you're going to have to live <laughs> with for the rest of your life. You paid good money, hard-earned uh-huh. money, nurse mm-hmm. practitioner money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to watch yeah. not only the first Trolls, but the world tour of Trolls, which, which is made uh- for babies. <laughs> well, okay. So here's the thing. Now, we got we to back this up just a little bit. So... People are talking about how Trolls World Tour, it, it, first of all, it's changing the movie landscape because you know the original Trolls did huge. It made $346 million just stateside. That's crazy town, right? Mm-hmm. So second of all, there are A-listers all over this thing. Anna Kendrick, Justin Timberlake, Kelly Clarkson, course, like yeah. huge, huge, Mary J. Blige, George Clinton. Like there's all these A-listers in it, right? It's very funny. It has, it's one of those that's like, it's a cartoon with kids, but it also has some adult themes in it for sure. Like only the adults will get the jokes, but also it is maybe the most brilliant commentary on white uh, imperialism. What? I have ever seen in my entire life. I feel like this should be apps. This should be like required watching for all high school world history classes. Cause they go in, this movie is all about how, these like modern, like, like uh, middle-aged European uh, empires invaded other countries where mostly brown people were and forced them to, uh, what is it, assimilate Holy their culture crap. and what? robbed them of their culture and their music. I, the whole time, my mouth was like a gape the entire time. I was like, I'm watching Glittery Trolls make a commentary on like imperialism. And this is like changing my life forever. And whose idea was that? They were like, all right, Trolls World Tour, but we're going to teach everybody about imperialism in the process. And they're like, all right, why the hell not? Uh, I mean, cultural appropriation, like there's all these themes in there. And, uh, you know, who to thunk with trolls? Wow. You know, I uh, now I actually don't. Uh, that's not nearly as embarrassing because it actually had a purpose. Uh, David Blaine, which is what I was watching, has zero purpose. I'm just watching a guy sew his mouth shut in front of Amy Poehler. So that was pretty much yeah, what I've been um, doing. Uh, well, we want to yeah. hear from you. What is the most embarrassing thing that you've been watching? You can tweet at us at DTS show. You can also Instagram message us at DTS show as well. And when we get back, who tweeted it? That's right. Fire Fauci was trending again, but everyone still hates Trump too. So we'll share a tweet from this weekend and you guess if it was Republican or a Democrat. We'll get to that when we get back right here on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Well, it was an eventful weekend for our friend Dr. Anthony Fauci. It is Anthony, isn't it? What's up? <laughs> it's Anthony, right? Yeah. Okay. Anthony. Tony. A- Anthony Fauci. It- Anthony Fauci. It's great seeing all these New Yorkers talk about these things. Like, it, it's somehow more endearing to have someone be like, you got to stay in the house. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. And you're like, Isn't okay, it? all right. 
Right. Between him and Andrew Cuomo, right? They're just like, listen, <laughs> you, you do what I tell you to do. Yes. We'll get out of the house when I tell you we can get out of the house. For now, stay your arse in the house. Exactly. Well, we yeah. are about to get into a round of who tweeted it because Fire Fauci was tre- trending on Twitter. And this is actually the second weekend in a row this has trended because he says things that, you know, MAGA people don't really like. Um, but then there, of course, are a lot of Democrats out there that are still bashing Trump and calling for him to be fired every second. So we thought we'd play around of who tweeted it. Somebody who is pro-Trump or pro-Fauci. And let's just get into there's one specific clip that set everybody abuzz this weekend. And uh, just take a listen. This is what Fauci had to say. The debate comes amid a New York Times report that the Trump administration missed key warnings about the pandemic, including calls to implement social distancing measures as early as February. Obviously, if we had right from the very beginning shut everything down, it may have been a little bit different. But there was a lot of pushback about shutting things down back then. Okay, so he's saying that they got a lot of pushback when it came to shutting things get down. He's, of course, referring to the Trump administration. And there's been a lot of talk of of why, you know, he resisted shutting things down. Why was the pandemic response team disbanded when he became president? So, of course, this fired everybody up. And as soon as you say something that's even remotely against what Donald Trump has to say or do, fire Fauci, fire insert name here starts trending. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So there are a lot of people bashing him right now, but of course there are a lot of people that are bashing Trump all the time. So I'm going to read a tweet. You guess if it was part of a fire Fauci hashtag or a fire Trump hashtag. This is who tweeted it. All right. This is going to be a tough one, James. Here's your first Ooh, one, okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Well, it's okay. It, 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 nerves are a good thing. This one comes from a man named Tom Luongo on Twitter. And the tweet reads as follows. This guy is dangerous. Bought and paid for operative of Bill Gates who needs to be removed ASAP and tried for malfeasance. Well, I mean, we're using big words like malfeasance, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not going to let that throw me off. I feel like Bill Gates was the clue. I'm going to go with this was someone who wanted to hashtag fire Fauci. You are correct, sir. Yay! Where's my dinger? Nice. Ding, 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 ding. Here is your next tweet. This one comes from a person named Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Oh, what a great name. Okay. Uh, their handle is at busy Dr. T said, somebody please freaking stop prolonging our misery. I can't look at his face one more day. It's way too hashtag painful. Yeah, that's not a very creative use of hashtagging. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Well, <laughs> that's what a Dr. Sherry Tenpenny will probably deliver Do- for you. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Uh, I'm going to say that maybe doctor might mean a physician, might mean a medical person, hopefully, and that they're tired of seeing um, sometimes the inaccurate information medically that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. So I'm going to go with fire Donald Trump. Okay. You are incorrect. This was also oh. part of Fire Fauci. Hashtag oh. Fauci fraud. Hashtag CDC fraud. Oh, of course. Interesting, yes. huh? Yeah, geez, I, I can't. Just for the record, by the way, as we're in the middle of this game, the woman that Donald Trump retweeted, Deanna Lorraine, 
Uh, oh, this is what uh, what else? Yeah, started the the hashtag. Yeah, so she's she's Donald Trump retweeted a tweet from her, and on the bottom of her tweet, it said "Fire Fauci." And this this is what some of this uproar is. She is one of the biggest coronavirus COVID nineteen uh, conspiracy theorists out there. And she also helped start this hashtag film your hospital. So if you guys want to go look that up and drive yourself crazy and and trying to prove that this whole thing is one big lie, one big PR smear campaign. Mm, well, that's, that's who our president is retweeting. There just is for the record. Yes, there's another person who said that uh, Dr. Fauci is a plant from Hillary Clinton. What? Why does it? Oh my gosh! Yeah, they People said need that to get over it. He's. It, if you look at the WikiLeaks for Dr. Fauci, apparently there's a le- a letter that surfaces saying that he is a plant to throw President Trump and the country off balance. <laughs> so um, you know, there's just a, there's a lot of theories flying around. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot. Anyway, all right. So I'm one for one on this. You're right? one all for right. one. Uh huh. All right. Julia Hoffman has tweeted. You want to fire the most trusted man in America? He has the highest approval rating in this crisis. And is the only saving grace right now. Bad move, Mr. President. Think strategically. Oh, well, thank you for giving that away. Because otherwise, that was really hard. Mm -hmm. That could have been either one of them. Uh Because for some strange reason, Donald Trump's uh, approval rating is doing okay uh, in the middle of all this. But I'm going to go with that one as a hashtag fire Donald Trump. Okay, okay. Um, That is definitely a hashtag fire Trump, not Fauci. Congratulations. Ding, 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 ding. All right, we have time for one more. All right, drum roll. This is from Craig Smith. Not a lot of information there. Craig Smith. Okay, unique name. I can't stand him. He made a statement today that said, when we decide to open this country, who made him president? Oh, it's got it's got to be fire. Hashtag fire Fauci. You're correct. Ding, 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 Good ding, 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 job. Thank you very much. I One. also just piggybacking off of that. Dr. Fauci. Right before that statement, I happened to watch these things religiously. Right before that, Dr. Fauci was saying something to the effect of, we actually don't decide when the country opens. The virus decides when the country opens. So when we follow the virus and when we decide to open the country, but, you know, people take things out of context. David Levitt, I'll I'll just read his tweet and I'll leave you with this. Don't hashtag fire Fauci. Fire the ignorant, incompetent, idiot, immoral imbecile who got us into this mess in the first place. Thank you so much, David. <laughs> and you can always tweet at us <laughs> at DTS Show when you make these tweets. Whether it's fire Fauci or fire Trump, we uh, give everyone a voice. No, I mean, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yep, mm-hmm. you. Uh, let's talk about some of the voices that were being heard on the airwaves of Australia after this because um, Tiger King, somebody on Tiger King kind of got roasted on live radio. So we'll get to that when we get back. Drop the subject returns. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. You know, uh, I am James Simmons, guest co-hosting with Allie Johnson. And I do have to say, as a guest co-host of a nationally syndicated LGBTQ talk program, interviewing celebrities 
And being a part of putting what we put out for you guys every day, this is harder than it looks, all right? I, Allie Johnson makes it look and sound easy. Oh Everyone God, else on, on Channel Q, they do a fantastic <laughs> job. Like, I, I will tell you, this is a lot. So in saying that, I do have to say that as we get into this next story, there were uh, you know two individuals on, on a KISS FM radio station who interviewed, I think it's Kyle and Jackie O, and they're in Australia on one of the KISS syndicates there. They interviewed John Finley from Tiger King. And John is most, if you have watched it, he is Joe Exotic's first husband. He's one of the more famous and likable, if you can say that, in uh people from the documentary Tiger King on Netflix because that there's it's really kind of hard to find likable people by the end of that documentary but John Finley ends up being one of those. Well, he has reached sort of A-level celebrity status at this point because of the documentary and so he's been he was interviewed here on Channel Q by AJ and Michaela on our morning show and he's been making the press rounds all over the country all over the world. He's been doing a lot of interviews and he's not necessarily the best like he's he's very quiet and he's quiet in the yes. show too when you're watching the, the documentary show. they're like all right you were with this guy joe exotic for what was it 11 years and he's like yeah it's crazy yeah and you're yeah, like uh, years. all right <laughs> you don't have yeah. more to say like this is one of the craziest most bonkers stories that anyone's ever heard and he's like yeah it's nuts so it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's nuts yeah so then when you interview him you know, you can expect a lot more than what you get. And this, and you're right, ja- it's Kyle and Jackie O in Australia, which radio is really big in Australia. They interviewed John Finley. They're one of many shows who did this. But the conversation got real weird and real, um, I think, kind of offensive toward John Finley because they were asking him really crass and weird things about his sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's a guy, too, who doesn't necessarily like and, and this was happening with some of of uh, Joe Exotic's other exes or even his current partner where they're like, no, I'm not gay. But with him, I was. But actually, I'm not gay. But sometimes I'm gay and sometimes I'm not gay. And there's this kind of weird terminology or lack of terminology that was being used on the show and in their own mentality. But I don't think that these Australian radio show hosts really helped in any way. And this is just one of the many things that they asked him. Like, these, like if you're going to go gay for anyone, you'd be, you'd be definitely uh, sticking it in Channing Tatum for sure, right? Yeah. 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 I'm not sure how straight you are. Are you bi now or straight? I'm straight. Straight. Yeah, I'm straight too. What made you... Um, what, what came first? Were you straight in the beginning and then turned gay and then went back to straight? Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You'd bloody so- any holes ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a very long and painful interview, and uh, it's about 12 minutes long, but... Like I said, like it, it's somebody like John Finley is saying, no, 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 I'm actually not gay. I was just with Joe Exotic, um, but I, I'm, I'm married to a woman now and I'm straight. But these Australian radio hosts are not exactly helping because they're like, what do you do? What are you gay? Are you straight? Are you gay? Are you straight again? No, but you do with this guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gay. Like they're 
also roasting him on live radio. Well, and it's just, it's a complete dismissal of the fact that sexuality is very much on a continuum and sexuality is very much, you know, our, our brain is our largest sexual organ by far. And it completely diminishes the fact that like human sexuality is a very complex and nuanced sort of thing that has much more to do with the individual that you're with rather than a box that like society choose chooses to try to put you into. And so mm. it is very possible that John Finley, I mean, obviously we all saw it in the documentary. He had a really intense relationship with Joe exotic on an emotional level. And that turned sexual for a time for a very long time. And now he is, has a relationship with a woman that is emotional and sexual. And you don't have to be gay or straight or gay then and then turn straight and decide. And it it totally, I feel like it like takes the LGBTQ movement back like 30 years when we have yes. people on a platform asking questions in this way. Like it, it really, you know, gets Maguile up. Well, and I think that he is a guy who who felt a little lost. And, you know, they talk about in the documentary how a lot of these relationships were fueled by drugs and that sure. can really cloud things. So I don't know if I don't know John Finley, obviously, I don't know anything about him. And I don't know how he really does identify if he feels like he's, um, you know, lying to himself a little bit. But it's it's you're right, James, because it's not the job of the radio host to highlight that in such a negative and a tone deaf way or try to force them right force them to be out pick pick one you have to pick a gay or straight no you don't right you're having whoever you're having sex with in that moment is who you're having sex with regardless of what like they were assigned at birth or what their genitalia is like i think that's the whole point of like getting past discussions like this and it just you know i'm sure this guy john finley is a probably tired of doing press and b tired of answering this question and then to be treated so poorly like this like you can challenge him i'm not saying don't challenge people but like do it in a responsible way and that you know kind of i guess shame on them shame on kyle and jackie oh that was pretty irresponsible i think yeah shame and in australian that means shine we'll be right back drop the subject the new channel q welcome back to drop the subject on the new channel q james simmons pleasure to be guest co-hosting with your ali johnson and uh like we tend to do every day i don't know if you guys had heard but there are two big things going on in the united states and the world there is a global pandemic that we will give you an update on because we have a new Ugh, shut up about it <laughs> uh, oh yeah i know maybe we're not we're, we're gonna try to keep it to this segment there is a news personality <laughs> slash um almost household name celebrity person who has recently been diagnosed um as well as some other information about uh covid19 in terms of east coast versus west coast that old argument is back but oh, before man. we get into that uh we have some news that was just announced announced earlier today bernie sanders has officially endorsed joe biden for president now, if you had asked me if I thought this was going to happen, I would have said zero chance, uh-huh. especially because when Elizabeth Warren dropped out and she didn't endorse anybody at all, just because, you know, her views are very similar to Bernie Sanders in a lot of ways. And in that she views, you know, healthcare as a human right and, and wanting college to be free and all that stuff. So when he dropped out, which he, I'm very curious to see if he's still going to be on the ballot after doing this. I would hope that he would remove himself from the ballot after endorsing Joe Biden. But seeing Elizabeth Warren not even endorse Bernie Sanders, I was like, wow, okay, that really means you're kind of sticking to your guns as far as your your values and your point of view and you're not going to change it for anybody or endorse anybody that even mildly disagrees with your your viewpoint so 
when Bernie Sanders dropped out, I was like, well, there's no way he's going to endorse anybody. Now he has endorsed the person that he has been trashing for months now, <laughs> Joe Biden. And it just goes back, especially with Bernie Sanders. I feel like this is very unlike him and also kind of like he's a guy who the reason why a lot of people like him is because he sticks to his guns he's always the same he's always been the same he has so much consistency more than most people in politics so then to see him turn around and endorse somebody that he we all know does not agree with I would hope that he's doing this just to unite the party. Well, and I think that's part of it. Like, not only uniting the party, Ali, but but also he is so passionate and uh, really intense about the things that he is passionate about. So about universal health care and all of those things. And I think he understands that because of that, that, you know, I, I'm not the biggest Bernie bro or anything on earth, but one of the things that Bernie has always stand for is sort of these social justice issues and pushing them forward kind of at all costs. And I think when you take a step back, you know, it was just five days ago, he dropped out of the race. I think when he takes a step back, he talks to his team and he says, listen, how, what is the best way that we are going to be able to continue to push our agenda forward? And I think at that point, he sort of has a rational, sane thought and says, okay, we have to just make sure that getting Donald Trump out of office is is number one. That's paramount. We can't get anything else done if Donald Trump doesn't get out of office. And if we continue to be part Mm -hmm. of one small percentage of people not voting for Joe Biden, that will threaten that. And so I really feel like what a lot of us have been saying is that, okay, fine, yes, continue to do what you need to do to push the party forward, but do not jeopardize Joe Biden becoming the next president. Well, and I think there must have been some kind of talk that happened after he announced that he's going to remain on the ballot to, quote, still influence people, because everybody who read that was like, not everybody, but, you know, a lot of people were like, including me, were like, dude, if we're going to drop out, fully drop out, like you're going to still have influence regardless of that. And it's just splitting the party at this point. So there must have been some kind of a conversation being like, all right, you got to just we got to put all of our eggs in this basket and it is an Easter weekend. So which one are you going to pick? <laughs> right. Well, you know, Joe really did come Joe Biden. I'm sorry. I say that like we're besties, but he did, you know, what does Trump call him? Sleepy Joe. So yeah. I, I really like what this, what he says here, and maybe it's more powerful for us to read what Sleepy Joe says here instead of hearing it from him. But he said, I, I, I think that your endorsement means a great deal. Uh, this is Biden saying this to Bernie in their joint live streamed announcement today. Uh, it means a great deal to me. I think people are going to be surprised that we are apart on some issues, but we're awfully close on a whole bunch of others. I'm going to need you not just to win the campaign, but to govern. And I think that was sort of Joe's attempt at sending a very clear, clear signal to right. the further left Democrats, to the Bernie bros, to the Bernie supporters that I hear you. I know that I'm going to need you to be a part of this and I'm going to institute policies uh, that you want into what I ultimately will do as president. Yeah, I mean, I know we've gotten a little carried away, but we have more uh, other COVID related updates to give you. But it just makes me like 
it's always weird in election year when you see all these Democrats being like, but you're awful because you did this, but you're awful because you did this. And at the end of it all, everyone's like, nah, you're great. Uh, Aren't you great? You're You're just like, what? (laughs) Did this kind of hurt all of us just a little bit? Because you pointed out all these things that were wrong. And now you're like, nah, this guy's chill. He's the best one. He's the best one. He's he's the best. Well, but I I think, uh, you know, you're living in reality, right? There's only one. There's only, there's a Republican and a Democrat. At the end of the day, there's only one person and we got to get behind that. And we can't, people, not a lot of people don't like me when I say this, but we have to live in the reality that we are in a two-party system that is completely run by corporate entities, but that's a whole other conversation. And so you just have to decide, do you want it to be Donald Trump or do you want to be Joe Biden? Like period, end of discussion. Yeah, I think on the ballot, it should just say Trump and not Trump. And Doesn't not really Trump. matter. That is, <laughs> right. that is the one you select. Um, all right, so we're going to give you some other breaking updates when it comes to COVID-19 after this. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject comes right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, my mini adventures on Instagram has sent us quite the direct message. This person, this loyal listener has just screenshotted a voicemail they just received, and it says, a special good day from the Publishers Clearinghouse Lottery. Congratulations to you. You have been selected as this month's first place lucky winner for a sweepstakes award in the amount of U.S. $6.5 million and a 2020 Mercedes-Benz. All this person has to do, I'm sure, is call them back and give them all of their very personal information in order to win this amazing prize. So My Mini Adventure says, man, scamming at its finest, but also tempting. Publisher's Clearinghouse is tempting regardless. Way, I mean, when I was in like my teens, when we'd get those at home in high school, oh my God, I would send it off. I'd order the magazines. My mother's like, what are you doing? I was like, we're going to get five thousand dollars a week for life you watch um there is one scam it's not even a scam but there's one thing that i want to fall for every single year and i know it's so not worth my time maybe we can chat about that tomorrow too what's the one scam that you really really just it's too tempting to refuse most of the time Uh um okay but we have to get to the gayest news headline winner a whole nother scam no i'm just kidding it's not scam. And uh, But we also wanted to let you know just a more formal update on COVID-19. George Stephanopoulos, the Good Morning America host, has tested positive for coronavirus. And he is a little different than a lot of other cases. Chris Cuomo looked like he was on death's door, to be honest. And sure George Stephanopoulos it. says that he feels great. Yeah, he, he does feel great. And that's even in spite of his wife, Allie Wentworth, uh, who was diagnosed with COVID-19 about two weeks ago. Uh, but George has remained, you know, and they're still living together. They're still in the same home. But George has managed to remain um, uh, asymptomatic, despite his wife, Allie Wentworth, saying she had actually never been sicker Um and she sort of quarantined herself in the same house, but quarantined herself from the family. But even people who are really well educated about how this works, quarantine themselves. And it just show, goes to show that there's so much that we don't know about this virus because she's been never been sicker and he's asymptomatic even two weeks after exposure. Well, and you can't figure out what the commonality is, right? It's like you go through age or gender or you know where you live and you can't figure out any kind of rhyme or reason to it yet, right? 
Yeah, well, and that's, you know, we're seeing that men tend to get sicker with this. They tend to die more frequently, although those are generally men of color. Um, but George uh, works in New York, you know, which is obviously a hotbed. I think he's the only one of the three. So Michael Strahan, Robin Roberts, and George Stephanopoulos are the three main hosts of Good Morning America. And I think he's the only one that goes into studio. I think the other two work from home still. Um, but he lives, I believe, in Connecticut, but works in New York. So two kind of hotbeds. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's... A, Surprising that he's one of the few that have so far gotten it, at least on their staff. Wow. Well, you know, we're thinking of you, and uh, it's not a good situation whether you're asymptomatic or not. It's not fun. And, um, you know, just happy that all of you are still uh, staying safe as much as possible and um, and interacting with the show, of course, for a little bit of a glimmer of fun, right? We don't have... It's few and far between, it seems, sometimes. And so it's it's nice to have these little... Uh, fun segments like gayest news headline of the week because there's a lot of sad news out there it's and it's it's good for us to kind of make it and turn it into something that's a little bit joyful or gay it's which super are one and the same fun and joyful and gay yeah we had some doozies last week are you ready for a little uh, a quick recap of those four i am and then i'm ready to hear the official winner because again this week i disagree Oh, man. Okay, so your four that you got to pick from at DTS show on Instagram and Twitter, you picked from tight end returns after colon surgery, Mm. condom truck tips spills load. Yeah, somebody posted a a screenshot of those two and said, how am I supposed to pick between these two? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Or number three, being named ass man isn't all it's cracked up to be. Hey-o. Another good one. Another good one. And then finally, I think this was Allie's favorite from last week. Purple-haired lesbian goddess flattens France like a crepe. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that that was my pick all uh-huh. the way. Um, but it is not up to me. It is up to you. And you voted yesterday and into today. And the results, I'm not going to argue them. I'm not going to try and skew them. This is, this is, what, this is what the results are. The winner of Gayest News Headline of the Week is Condom Truck Tips and Spills Load, which is just won by a slight margin. (laughs) Purple-haired lesbian goddess flattens France like a crepe was the second runner-up. Very close. uh, Very, very close voting. All of them were really, really close. Um, So I'm I'm a little sad that the purple-haired lesbian was not the winner, was not triumphant. Um, But, you know, what's always nice is that maybe at the end of the year we can do a gayest news headline of the year and we can see the official winner of 2020. Of that one. I guess Allie being named Ass Man really isn't all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> yes, it is. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. And we are closing in on the final hour here of Drop the Subject, but we will remain on the air as long as you call now and donate money. Oh, this is not a telethon. Whoops. <laughs> Wait, we... I feel like that was like the total of the NPR thing. They're like, we promise we'll stop oh asking God. you for money f- if you just send money now. I just listen. If you just hurry up and do it, we'll stop. Okay. We don't want to be doing this either. Right. This Please is just, just as uncomfortable us for us. Right. That's oh funny. my God. Those fall fundraisers are a killer. I mean, if you want to send money to us, by all means, I don't think Allie or I would totally like not take your money. <laughs> I don't but know if we not, legally can do that, but I guess there's only one way to find out. Hey, uh, but we're not requiring it of you. Oh, no. Um, man, I love, yeah, okay. Um, maybe we can do that later in the week. We'll find out. Probably not, though. But what we can do is another round of the Monday Munch Report. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. 
That sounds good. I'll have that. Yas, 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 yas. What are you doing? I'm plotting the grease. It's the best part. Let me see that. Great job. That was that was, was very that, lifelike. Was that pretty good? Are you mm-hmm. are you one of those people who can listen to people eat or cannot listen to people? I can. It doesn't bother me, but it's also because I'm a loud eater. Are you <laughs> okay? I wonder if that's part of it because I generally am not. I generally You're, sort of you, just like deal with it, but I I am not. It is I am not a I can't listen to people eat thing. Oh okay. Oh wait, you cannot listen to people eat. Yep, bothers okay. bothers the s out of me. Yeah, now it, it, between my wife and I, it's just a look that is exchanged <laughs> at this point. And even when it's something that should not be loud, like a mushroom. <laughs> you just find a way to make it loud? Yeah, and I don't think about it. I've always been a really weird eater, though. Even when I was a kid, oh. I used to dip spaghetti into my soda. I used to like put one foot on the table. Like I was just a weird, very messy, wow. grubby eater. So yeah. the uh-huh. fact that I am not... Like the fact that I don't get half of my food on my shirt is an accomplishment <laughs> as an adult. I think that's a I, I think that's a that's an okay place to be though, as long as you are fine with it. Because I always try to come from good intentions, right? I always try to come from like, all right, this person is being super loud because they're enjoying their food, like they're just having a moment with their food. So like, I am. It's I'm all, just thoroughly yeah. enjoying eating. It's yeah. really a great experience. So do you thoroughly, you know, we've been talking a lot about what people are eating for in quarantine. Earlier in the show, we talked about what people have been ordering, and it was a little bit surprising. Um, but this might be a little, like, the most sort of surprising quarantine food that you could just, you know, find in your backyard. Are you talking about eating bugs? Uh, sure, I am. <laughs> Apparently, we, we have to eat bugs with a southern accent. Is that right? <laughs> Are you talking about eating bugs? Are you talking about eating bugs? I just ate a whole bunch of bugs, and they're real good. I'll tell you what. <laughs> a whole bunch of bugs. A whole bunch. Um, have you ever eaten bugs before? Because I have. And this is just, uh, we're talking about eating bugs because a lot of people are talking about alternative eating right now. Uh, you know, when, when everyone first started storming the stores and they were running out of chicken, people were like, all right, fine, I guess I'll try Beyond Sausage. Uh, so, you know, people are using more alternative meat and it's a good time to transition into reducing the amount of meat that you eat. And because there are a lot of things that are in demand and it's important to spread out that demand. And in a groundbreaking vote in the EU, they are moving to approve insects for human consumption. I didn't know that that was illegal in the EU. I have eaten bugs in America several times on the air. Both times it was gyros. But I (laughs) am all about finding alternative ways of people getting protein. And if you like eating bugs, maybe it just takes a while. But um, have you ever voluntarily or involuntarily eaten a bug? Cereal was my biggest thing when I was a kid, like most kids, right? So I would come down in the morning for school. I'd get a huge bowl of cereal. I'm not much of a morning person now. I was worse then. So I'd grab a bowl of cereal. I'd dump a bunch of milk in it. I'd just start eating it, sitting in my tidy whities on the couch, right? So imagine funny little James, who's probably 14 at this time, come downstairs. I grab the bowl of of, um, rice crisp, no, Cocoa Puffs, this is important. I grab the cocoa puffs. I put it in a huge Tupperware bowl. I pour the milk in it. I start eating the cereal, and the then I like. I'm sort of like, it. sort of like, like smacking my face a little bit. I'm like, what is on my face? But not thinking anything of it. And then my sister comes in the living room. Maybe ten minutes later, I'm almost done with the bowl of cocoa crispies, whatever they are, cocoa puffs. 
And she looks at me in horror and she's like, oh my God. And I'm like, what? And she's like, look at your face. And I'm like, what? And I like put my hand on my face. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I pull my hand off and my hand is covered in ants. The, I didn't I know looked, ants were cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, too. <laughs> hey I had all, eaten almost an entire bowl <gasps> of those little black ants that, like, get into your food in the summer, right, or whatever. Oh, my God. I just had God. sat, and the ants were crawling. They crawled up the bowl on my arm all over. And you over. didn't even notice? Well, I'm no, morning, like, literally had been awake for 10 minutes. Like, I woke up and was just, like, cereal, and I was not, I knew that something was, like, on my face, but I just thought, you know, you just, like, rub your face thinking it's the wind or whatever. No, it was, like, an entire, like, like hive of ants and I ate <laughs> almost all of them. Definitely not part of the cereal box series. Oops, all ants. <laughs> Nor was it the surprise in the cereal that I really wanted. Yes. Yeah. Um, that is really disgusting. See, I've eaten those little tiny black ants before as, uh, as someone came on the air and I can't remember the company name, but I'll, I'll, I'll find it. And it actually was not so bad, but there's something about eating and getting a leg stuck in between mm-hmm. your teeth mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I can't quite mm. get on board with. Mm. Um, and the meal bug, like the, the, um, no, the no. ones that were actually like oh. they had stuff in them. <laughs> oh. Those were the ones, but the, but the little ants were the best, the best ones. Cause they were like little crack pepper. It was just like little lemon pepper ants. And you were just like, nom, 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 nom. and you can sprinkle them. They said they were great for sprinkling on a salad. So no, if no, this does ever no. become mainstream, <laughs> no, I it's a great way to get protein. I don't know how vegans are going to feel like about this either, because you know, there are a lot of people who are vegan because of the way that animals are, are, uh, are manufactured in this country. There's a lot of problems with it, but there's not any of those problems necessarily with bugs yet. I mean, they are plentiful and they are they ripe are. for the eaten. So and, I would wonder you know, if vegans would, would want it. Totally. And they might get behind like UNICEF and all these other World Health Organization. All these other uh, groups are basically saying like insects could really be one of the biggest solutions to malnutrition because there are so many insects. We could really use them and manufacture them to help with malnutrition in other parts of the world. I but I, Slimy yet oh. satisfying. That's what uh, that's what they say on Lion King. Anyway, we're going to talk to a sexologist next from bugs to sex. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. James Simmons, guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson. And we have had some very interesting conversations as of recent with our listeners, which we love on social media at DTS Show. And one listener in particular on Twitter uh, was discussing hookup culture in specifically the gay men culture, our gay male listeners, hookup culture has really not slowed down as far as he can understand, even in the middle of a pandemic, even when we're supposed to be physically distancing. And, you know, this really got us thinking that that this is kind of an issue. And we sort of wanted to talk about ways that we can sort of not hook up, but also continue to explore sexuality and be sexual creatures because that's who we are. So we are uh, really excited to have uh, Dr. Jalen Ricks, who is a sex educator, author, and activist. He also is a resident of Palm Springs here to talk with us about this. Dr. Ricks. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you, Jalen. And what do you think about all this? I mean, it seems as far as what we're hearing from our listeners that things aren't slowing down. Is that what you're experiencing? And do you have advice for anybody who maybe doesn't want to slow down, but probably should right now? 
Yeah. Um, you know, we don't really know, you know, statistically who's all doing what it does. So I've even gotten a few requests through different apps and, you know, it's, it is a teachable moment, at least for me as an educator and a sexologist to be able to go, that's wonderful, but we're going to put it off for a few weeks. Please keep me in mind. But there's also all kinds of alternatives. You know, I'm amazed how many people who do sexuality workshops, uh, myself included, and we've taken all those things online, talking workshops. I've even taken like my self-pleasuring circles online as well. And they've been, it's been a great time. It's different. Of course, it's different, but nothing's wrong with different. It's the best that we got to use right now. So I have a million follow-up questions when it comes to the self-pleasuring circle that you host. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I have, I've heard tell of they've never met anybody who actually hosts one. Now, Uh, did that idea just come to you, pun intended? How long (laughs) have you been doing that? And how has the virtual shift been? Yeah, uh, clubs for self-pleasuring have been around for years. They go back decades. Probably to the Romans. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) uh, there's no statistical evidence, but most likely self-pleasuring is the most typical sexual experience that anybody could have, even more than intercourse. So um, it's pretty typical. And to be able to create an environment like I do here in Palm Springs, to have groups get together and accept each other because they are making themselves feel good, it's a beautiful thing. And it was, you know, it was already happening online anyway. And uh, the, uh, the era of COVID-19 has really kind of pushed a lot of us to kind of take that next step and really embrace it because we need that kind of connection. And even though it's through the internet, we need to have any kind of connection that we can. And uh, it's, it's kind of cool. And it's kind of hot. It's, it's, fun to see my brothers uh, pleasuring themselves and enjoying themselves and drawing from that acceptance from each other because we're doing the same thing. Well, and, and I, I love I love that. I love that you enjoy it and that there's an outlet for individuals there. What, what would you say to other people who have not been able to sort of move everything virtually and to yeah. move everything online? So as someone who understands, obviously, the importance of, of our sexual nature as people, but yeah. also, frankly, the life and death importance of not really being around each other very much right now. Like what, what do you say yeah. to those individuals about how to find that balance? Uh, the gay community and the LGBTQ community is used to dealing with risk when it comes to their sexuality. We've been dealing with that for decades with the AIDS crisis and everything like that. So we know how to take care of ourselves and i would say though there's all kinds of ways that you can get creative and the truth of the matter if you are into enjoying anonymous sex you're just going to have to be aware that you have no idea where that person has been and if you're going to be willing to put yourself at risk like that you're also going to be putting yourself and all those you come into contact at risk as well this is old hat for us right in the in the lgbt community So what I've been seeing this beautiful is that people have really taken this opportunity. Mother Nature has given us an opportunity to really learn self-care. Does it have maybe this new level of excitement to it? Because it's kind of this forbidden, like, ooh, we're not supposed to be seeing each other. And it kind of has this added, because we were hearing from that listener that wrote into us, uh, James was saying that this guy said that he's gotten even more requests than normal. And is it (laughs) 
because of that whole doing something like what is that feeling that we have right. where, because we're not allowed to do something we want to do it more than ever from a sexual standpoint right right well actually um uh there's there's a number of studies that show that people's most exciting experiences almost always have an element of what some people call trans trans uh, um like um, danger yes danger there you go that's just danger right? <laughs> um, and so that need to kind of feel bad to kind of feel nasty is that okay to use that word nasty yeah, you can. <laughs> yes yes you um, is really appealing it really kind of ramps up our arousal nothing wrong with that but again we have to we've got to factor in the risk there's all kinds of ways to be nasty w- while keeping the risk very low yeah, definitely. Uh, and I know all about being nasty from Janet Jackson, like most of, most of us. <laughs> uh, so, so this is a, a selfish request that I'm making. Uh, will you mention drop the subject and channel Q at your next circle? You bet. You bet. Thank Just you mention so it much. randomly. Just like randomly be like, just have like, you guys been? Yeah. At a very awkward moment. I just want, and then, you know, just let me know how, how the response is. That would be great. That'd okay. Be no okay. Thank you. Jalen Ricks is a sexologist and a Palm Springs resident. You can find out more about what he does at drricks.com. Dr. R-I-X.com. Jalen, you're welcome anytime. Thank you. Love to be here. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. That's right. It is that time again in the show for News It or Lose It. I am James. I have three headlines. Your Allie Johnson has a dinger. Allie, are you ready? <laughs> bonk. <laughs> okay, that'll work. So I'm going to read three headlines. Allie will bonk. If she likes them, she will If she does not like them, and we shall discuss for you. Headline number one. Dan Levy and the Schitt's Creek cast lost it after hearing letter from moms of LGBTQ kids. Oh, I gotta. I gotta. I know. That one's huge. I gotta Uh, watch the finale. Yes, yes. Well, we'll talk a little about that. Okay. Mitch McConnell can't stand Trump. (laughs) Calls him nuts behind his back. Wait. Say that again? Sorry. Uh Uh-huh. No problem. Mitch McConnell can't stand Trump. Calls him nuts behind his back. Oh, that's great. I'm going to lose it. Uh, I think that you you started off with Dan Levy, and then you, you mentioned Mitch McConnell right after that. I was like, well... Never thought that I would hear those in the same minute. Those two together. And then finally, your last story that you can news or you can lose. Wildlife Trust surprised by highly unusual zonky birth. Okay, that has my name written all over it. Yes, (laughs) tell me more about zonkies. Are those zebra donkeys? I tell you, they are. You got it. That is basically the story. A wildlife trust in Kenya shared the story of a rescued zebra that unexpectedly gave birth to a zonkey, which is a hybrid of a zebra and a donkey. How oh, cute well, yeah, is this? Debra would have been stupid. De- <laughs> it gave birth to Debra. Oh, her name's Debra? <laughs> no, but that would have been a D for donkey and and. To oh, a Debra. The Z, oh, right, gave birth Debs. To Debra. Uh, the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust said the female zebra wandered out of Savo East National Park and was rescued by the trust 
in May of 2019 after becoming a, quote, honorary member of a woman's cattle herd near the park. So she just like totally went full in with all of the other animals, except she just recently gave birth and they were like, we want to share good news with the world. And here's the birth of our next zebra. Oh, wait, she's a zonkey. You know... There's that moment in history when a, de- a zebra and a donkey are standing next to each other in the woods and they're like, you, you want to do it? <laughs> we shouldn't. No, no, we shouldn't. That'd be so no. weird. No, no one will know. Yeah, yeah. We just, just, I mean, I know we're we not just... supposed to. But it's like <laughs> we mean, were just talking to Jalen about how that, that extra, hey, we're not supposed to do this. It's so mm-hmm. tempting. And I bet it's true in the animal kingdom, too. I totally agree it's true in the animal kingdom. That is so uh, kind of awesome. I actually did not know that zonkeys were a thing. <laughs> I didn't either. This is the first time I've ever talked about zonkeys, but it will not be the last. I like that they're zonkeys or debras. <laughs> <laughs> I think just having an animal called a debra is a world that I want to live in. Or a debra. Should we just write zebra, debra? I mean, I, I'm really into Debra. I'm <laughs> really, okay, we need to find more. But maybe that'll be the new mascot for the show. A oh, my Debra. God, a Debra? Yes, that is absolutely. <laughs> if anyone listening has a Debra, you know, people <laughs> apparently have w- tigers in their backyards these days. So if anyone has a Debra, could you let us know? We'll bring her on the show. There are probably more people than we think that own Debras. Things. That's <laughs> right, the scary like, thing about all this. Yeah, I've got tons. Um, so what is not scary... I'm trying to segue, is the uh, Schitt's Creek finale. So this show has been landmark in so many different ways. It was on the Pop Network. It stars and was written and produced by Dan Levy and his um, father, Edward Levy? Eugene. No, Eugene. Eugene. Thank you. Um, and it's got uh, just an incredible cast. If you've not watched this show, if you've run out of things to watch, please watch it. It is absolutely hysterical and wonderful. And it has lots of different sort of like queer themes. And Dan Levy is gay in real life. And he also plays a gay character on the show. And so the show wrapped up. The series has wrapped. And they sat and did a uh, red letters, the entire cast from fans and at one moment they were reading letters from a mom who wrote on behalf of sort of like what their show has done for lgbtq kids i'm going to try to play a little clip here um and this everyone's crying in the background and i'm about to to take a listen we sincerely believe that shows like Shit's Creek will serve as a catalyst to help change the world into a kinder, safer, more loving place for all LGBTQ people to live. And because of that, we will remain forever grateful. You- they they are. Mm. Oh, wait, I got I got to play the rest of this, too, because it's she starts talking about mama bears. Oh, my gosh. You made a lot of mama bears happy. And as a result, you have a whole bunch of fans forever. With sincere gratitude and respect. Um, so the the no. entire cast is sitting around and even the straight guys in the cast are like crying. Everyone's <laughs> crying. Daniel Levy like can't even keep it together. He like has his glasses off. He seems like he would be an emotional guy. Totally. He's but like, I just, oh. I think even in a show like this, that's so funny and, and so kind of off the wall, you, you still make an impact when you have 
main characters who are gay and you have a big uh, a big queer storyline that uh, you know sort of ends up being one of the bigger if not the biggest storyline and but it also is just one of those situations where this story is what it is because that's who he is and that's who he fell in love with and it just it's really magical that even in a comedy like this on like a an odd sort of cable network can make such a difference yeah absolutely and also to make the show not just about that you know like he's just yeah. one of the characters and that's his love that's his storyline that's his love connection it's it's cool i mean it's a fantastic show i echo james words definitely watch it if you have not already happy endings if that wasn't happy enough it's gonna get happier after this drop the subject the new channel q we hope you have enjoyed your time here on the show today drop the subject appreciates you listening and we care about what you think if you'd like to, please interact with us at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you hate us, go after yourself. If you hate us, please do not interact with us. <laughs> <laughs> I welcome all interactions. Bring it on! Yeah. Uh, what a show. Well, we've talked to a sexologist from Palm Springs. So anyone listening on 1031, you're welcome. It was great to hear from him. And uh, always welcome back on the show, especially if you host your own self-pleasure circle. This is uh-huh. your space, and I'd love to chat with you again. Uh, we also <laughs> it, did. It sure is. It show is. Um, we also did a round of who tweeted it. We talked about was Jesus queer? Some theologians believe so. For the Monday Munch report, we talked about eating bugs, mm. and we came out of the TV show closet. James revealed that he watched Trolls Wor- World Tour over the weekend, and that it was actually a fascinating experience. So if you missed any of that stuff. You'll definitely want to check out the podcast. You can download it. Uh, Drop the Subject is what you search for on radio.com or wherever you find your podcast. And you can download, subscribe, and listen. It really helps us out. And before we get out of here, we got to give you our happy endings. Uh, because let's face it, man, it's been it's been tough out there. Well, Ugh. in there, ra- rather. Yeah, exactly. Inside, only in there, ever. Yeah, and it, not just inside our homes, but inside our minds, okay? There's all kinds of weird things, all kinds of weird thoughts bopping around in there. And so that's why it's important that we find the shred of positivity in the show, give you a silver lining and something happy to take into your day. James, hit me with a beautiful juicy, sugar-coated happy ending. It may indeed, Allie Johnson, be dark and dreary, scary, so much unknown, so much frightening, but I have three words to cheer you up. Better than so much frightening? (laughs) So much frightening. (laughs) Are those the, I can't even talk. So At much least, frightening. So much frightening. At least I have three <laughs> words to cheer you up. That cheered me up. Uh, good. That's good. Uh, those three words are self, pleasure, <laughs> circle. Circle. <laughs> and four, virtual self-pleasure circle. Virtual self. Very good. So much frightening. <laughs> so much frightening. Oh, boy. There's Just so much of the frightening. James and Allie lose their minds. That'll be... Uh, um. <laughs> Slowly, every day, lose our minds. Weekdays from 10 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Undrop the subject. Undrop, undrop the brain cells. Yes. Okay, my happy ending is... John Finley may be super done with doing radio interviews, especially after all the BS that he's had to endure. And I'm a little bummed that we didn't get to talk to him. But on the bright side, when the show Deborah King comes out, (laughs) 
Mm. There will be a whole nother weird ass cast of characters for us to interview, and I will not stop until I talk to all of them. Does, was that just a pitch? Did you just pitch a show to Netflix? Because I hope they're listening right now. Okay. Zonky King or Deborah King? You figure Deborah it King. out. We've given you the gold nugget. I I am so for this. Oh, which character would you be in Deborah King? Deborah King. Um, Are you the Deborah King? I Are would you? be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I would have the will and the money to start my own Deborah zoo. <laughs> I'd probably be, be one of the weird meth people that just got out of prison and started working at the Deborah zoo. Right. Would you and be like, I don't know. And have like cage. one leg. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, did you just stick your arm in a Deborah cage and it came off? Yes. That's I'm not... the, I'm the lesbian who gets her arm ripped, ripped off by a Deborah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yes. Well, the, I think we're onto something there. If you have other, uh, ways that we can pitch Deborah King <laughs> as a new documentary to Netflix, I think we should get that started here and drop the subject. Do not forget to download the podcast on radio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Search Drop the Subject and follow us at DTS Show. Allie Johnson, I'm back tomorrow. Yes, I'll see you manana. And someone make a poster for Deborah King. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. On the next, on the next, drop the subject. Trying to avoid the quarantine 15? We're right there with you. So for the benefit of us all, we'll chat with Brandon Mills of the Mills Method about how you can stay lean and trim in quarantine. Mmm, lean and trim, like a steak. Oh, a tri-tip steak with sautéed mushrooms and onions. And, and cheesy potatoes and au jus. Oh, the au jus. No, 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 it's no, James, so no, beautiful. James, come back to me. Come on, wake up, look at me, look at me. Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Eastern, on Channel Q.